This episode of the Highlands Bunker podcast is sponsored by Two Stones Brewery and our friend and comrade Greg. Uh, today I took possession of a six-pack of Delco Lager. Uh, it's the best type of beer there is, free beer. So I just want to uh, thank you again, Greg, and thank you, Two Stones. The independent journalist uh, I.F. Stone uh, made a pretty astute observation about um, corporate media. And this is what it was. He said, um, you know, those corporate reporters do know a lot of things that I don't know, uh, but a lot of it's wrong. Um, and I think what he was speaking to is not so much the reporter uh, themselves, but the system in which the reporter operates. And I think some uh, most sort of mainstream reporters may or may not know how much the system is operating on them at all. But we're going to talk about issues like this on today's episode of the Highlands Bunker podcast. We have a former news journal reporter and a proprietor of the new independent local journalism website, Delaware Independent, focused on Kenton Sussex County, Andrew Sharp. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you came in. You came all the way up from from Greenwood, huh? Yeah, about uh, about an hour and a half. Not too bad. I'm used to driving that far for the News Journal, so it's yeah. Normal. So you lived there when you were working up here. I did. I commuted up the whole time. I've I've worked around the peninsula in Easton and Salisbury and Wilmington, and every every job I commuted. So uh, this is my first time actually living where I work. Now, are you from? Where are you from? I'm from Greenwood. I spent okay uh, a number of years in Ohio, and then we moved back to Delaware in 2013. So, yeah, I was telling you, I have some experience on the Eastern Shore now with my my wife and her. All her people are down there, spread out across, you know, Wicomico and Worcester County. It's, um, it's beautiful country. It's really interesting culture, really interesting dynamics. A, a lot of a lot to unpack, really. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of um, maybe one of the impetuses for you to um, kind of start this and focus your your journalism on that. So before we get into like topics, yeah, give us the give us the pitch and sort of what you're doing, and um, like what the motivation was to to kind of strike out on your own. I know, um, you know, Carl's here. I'm here. We've we have a couple of ventures that are in in a similar vein, and so yeah, what. What um, motivated you to do it? What influenced you to do it? And what are you trying to do with it? Well, yeah, happy to pitch it. That's a big part of why I'm here. I uh, This is my first podcast, as, as I mentioned, and uh, I much prefer writing. I There's a reason I went into writing instead of public speaking, which is that I can control the delete button and the backspace button and make myself sound good. And uh, in this case, you guys have the control of the delete button, which is... You're in good hands with okay. Carl. Though. I think I think I can I can tell you um, everybody would agree you're you're in good hands with super producer Carl. All right, good. So so yeah, the pitch. So I am I just started my new venture. I launched in early August, so it's only been a few weeks. It a takes a page from the Substack model that a lot of people are doing. I I got curious about whether I could make it work. Um, I was actually on furlough last summer during COVID and I had some time on my hands and crunched some numbers and discovered that 
you know, if I could get a thousand or so subscribers, which is a lot, but if I could, I could pay my way. And uh, that, you know, that made me think maybe there's a way to make local news work again. Um, I do care a lot about that. I care a lot about journalism. I, I, um, I've been working in it for years. I, I, I didn't want to get into it. I got into it because it was a job that was available and I found out I loved it. Um, and so I wanted to make it work. So no hubris there, right? I'm just going to make local journalism work when nobody else has been able to figure out how to do that for the last, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, 20 years. That's true. Well, this kind of leads into my next question because like, for for me and the team that I work with at Depth Hour Call and what Carl and I do here independently for the podcast, like we we have a different sort of uh, system here. We have a different agenda. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for us, our selling point is, well, we're doing this, but we're doing it a little bit of a different way. You know, we're going to tell different stories. The podcast is obviously completely different. I do different stuff with it. Um, so that, that's sort of like the, I don't want to say selling point cause I'm not trying to sell it really, but, um, but that was the, that was the way that I thought would be unique and a unique approach to the project. So because it's something that has been, um, so depleted and, 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 uh, you know, stomped down over the last 20 years, what, what did you think you could bring to it that would be like a hook and people say, oh, this is what I wasn't getting. I can get it now, actually, independently without, like, ads. Yeah, so really quickly, I mean, the model is that, the newsletter model is that I would kind of focus on an email newsletter. Um, obviously, it's on a website, but I want to bypass social media, bypass some of the clicks frenzy, and just develop an audience that's passionate about what I'm writing about and and deliver it via email, which is surprisingly doable now. Email is not as dead as people thought. And then you can set that to be for subscribers and um, technology has evolved to the point where you can get a paywall pretty cheap and, and, and set that up as Substack has demonstrated. I'm actually using ghost.org, which is a nonprofit version of Substack and uh, doesn't take as much revenue, but to answer your question, what really I felt I could do differently was hyper-local. Um, you know, the news journal does statewide at a level that I can't compete with. I don't have how many reporters in the newsroom. They don't have as many as they used to, but it's still a heck of a lot more than me. Um, but I can cover Greenwood, and almost nobody else is covering Greenwood unless somebody dies there. And, and then it's a couple paragraphs, you know, uh, state police press release, somebody got murdered. That's it. Um, and so I'm literally competing with nobody. Um, and so people can get a story about Greenwood and that's the only place they're going to get it. Bridgeville, Harrington, I'm hoping to kind of yeah. move into some of these news deserts um, that are increasing, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense to me. Because even I, you know, I I read a little bit of the, the Salisbury uh, Daily Times, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... You know, it's Gannett. It's the same, you know, thin. I'm, my, my in-laws still get it uh, in paper form. You know, it's, it's it's pretty thin, and the website's very similar to, you know, the news journal. I don't know what, um, like, what's Cape Gazette's sort of 
absorption down there. So, but that's the only other. That's the only other large, uh, not radio, but like large, just news outfit that I can think of. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's more of the east coast of, of Sussex. Yeah, so western Sussex is wide open. As you get over to the beaches, it gets a lot more competitive. Cape Gazette has a strong and traditional audience over there, and I'm not even really trying there. Um, you know, I, I could, uh, if I wanted to, compete with them, but there's no point. There's a whole half of the county that's just wide open there, and, um, you know, the TV stations focus tend to focus more on Salisbury area and the beaches, um, the Daily Times used to have a beach bureau. Um, they, they still have a reporter that focuses on the beaches, but it's just one reporter now. So that's diminishing. And I think people who read the Cape Gazette will tell you that it is not what it used to be either. It's the same story across, uh, small town media, but, um, yeah, they, they cover kind of over to Milton. They do some county council, but if you're, if you're talking Milford, um, there is Milford live. Um, and Delaware Live. I mean, let's talk about that. Well, no, we'll we'll, we'll table that for a minute okay. because I, because I think that works into a larger thing that I want to I talk about. But yeah, talk, I, I I am interested, and I think well, I think you're right. Um, you know, there even I think this usually if you see beach reporting, very often you see beach reporting from the same person at Salisbury, the the woman who does it for the News Journal. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's yes. it's sort of just more in a you know. Uh, to whatever, to whatever extent they cover it, that's how it gets covered. And I see opportunities besides Western Sussex, but I'm just one guy, so yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see how much I can do, and then you know if 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 revenue starts coming in, I would love to bring more people on board. That's cool. So, so I did read. I guess the one st- the one Greenwood focus story was the tavern that closed, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. The interesting part of it to me was that in the end, you find out that, you know, there was already sort of a, I guess they were looking at it as a nuisance property. And so when it burnt down, they were like, oh, good, fuck you. Uh, but you don't find that out until the end. But so, I mean, did they burn this fucking guy's shit down? <laughs> So you, you didn't you didn't you didn't give me the goods. You didn't there, deliver the goods at the end. There is a lot. So tell of tell the whole story just so people uh, get a grip, get an understanding of like a, a, a pretty interesting, you know, small town local story. Yeah. So this was unusually big news for Greenwood, even though I'm a firm proponent of the idea that um, there are these stories to be told. Uh, this one jumped out. I mean, it was just a big story for. You know, it was it was covered around the county for sure. And so the bar, there was controversy over the bar. Uh, they had shut down, I believe they shut down their business license because they were getting complaints, as I said in the story, about feces in the parking lot and um, fights, you know, lots of noise. Um, and so some of the neighbors strongly objected to this. And it was a whole community controversy, which... Um, I would have liked to cover that too, but my paper wasn't up and running at that point. But um, WBOC then, I believe it was WBOC, one of the TV stations did a story uh, about the controversy in Greenwood over this bar. And I believe that night it burned down. Um, The rumors proceeded to fly. Um, There's certainly people speculating uh, that, you know, 
he burned it down because he was trying to get insurance money and he was closed down. Obviously, other people are speculating that the town, somebody who didn't like it burned it down. You could go a million different directions. Sheer rumor, and there's a lot of interest in this story down here. Um, yeah. Um, but obviously, I did not go into those rumors. I, 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 you got to get to the bottom of that. I, I talked to the fire marshal, and they gave me their standard... Uh, we do not have any new information. Yeah, we so. got to get away from asking like the cops and the fire marshal what they're doing. I think but that's another thing. They're we're, often not we're gonna, very helpful. We're going to table that because yeah. that's going to be part of the last <laughs> discussion too. But just to just to, to cap this off to figure out what happened. So, <clears throat> I guess when WBOC covered the story, they interviewed the owner of the bar, who I guess made not really. You know, not an insulting statement, but something like, I just don't think they like me here mm-hmm. or they're, you know, they're just trying to run me out or whatever he said. And then that night it gets burnt down. Um, so he had to apply for his license again and to get it constructed again. But because of a, of a, I guess, a town charter thing, because the building needed to be demolished, his license was immediately revoked and it didn't need to be reinstated. So, you know, the good the the the, the close knit community of Greenwood made sure that the city council took care of the problem. Uh is that did I ha- do I have that pretty much right? Uh well, that would certainly be one school of thought. I I'm not, is that what happened? I, I mean, the the city council because because the building because the city council says the building needs to be demolished. Yes. That that uh, means that the license would have to be either renewed or restored in a different fashion. Yes. And uh, so the city council took that opportunity to say, we're not actually going to do that. That is pretty much what happened. Okay. Yeah. They, um, I'm not sure if that's through the liquor board or the town code, um, okay. but one of the two, he's got to re- reapply. And there was a, he, he said that there was a technicality where if he kept one wall, um, which, I don't know if people usually discuss that so openly when they're talking about uh, zoning stuff, but that's that's what he said, and so he was pleading for that. Um, and the town basically said, "No dice. We're not gonna we're not gonna work with you on that." So you could say that. I mean, there's the the crowd that says they were long-suffering town who just was not willing to go out on a limb for a bar that is a nuisance, or the the other interpretation to that would be. They, you know, they did not want to work with him. They clearly did not want to work with him, and they used that as an excuse to shut it down. I mean, it was an, it was the excuse to shut it down, regardless of what their motivation was. That's the thing. Like you, you can't. <clears throat> this is the subtlety of these stories. You know what I mean? It is. Let me let, let me dig into another story because I, I'm going to use it as an example, as sort of a jumping off point into like a deeper discussion about. Like independent media and what the, you know, how these stories should be told and why they're told the way they're told and which ones we pick to tell. Mm-hmm. So I read a story um, that you wrote, I think, about the mask mandate, uh, which is like a hot. Vaccine rates, probably. Oh, it was vaccine rates. Yeah. But I think, uh, right. Well, it was a COVID related. Yeah. Um, because, but then later on in the story, um, I don't know if you interviewed the governor or if it was from a uh, another source, uh, but the governor was saying either the vaccines or the mask mandates. One of the one of the two were uh, becoming more of a political issue. Mm-hmm. And then you said, which again, 
I, I, I don't like Carney. I'm a big, a big Carney hater. It's, it's well documented. So I, I like any dig on Carney. But the next sentence said, the Delaware Independent was, was unable to ascertain the political party or political affiliation of the COVID virus or something like that. I'm glad you brought that up. So that's, because... that, was a, that was a neat little dig, but I have a question about it. But no, you go first and then I... Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, as... as... Most journalists tend to be we're obsessive about our, our clippings, right? So I was watching the, the online conversation about it, and I did see some people who were unhappy with that line, and I honestly was not sure why. So this is perf. This is great. Yeah. So tell I me, I can be the voice of those. Yeah, people. absolutely. Tell me what was. What I was think un- unhappy. Well, unhappy is probably the wrong way to look at it. Uh, that would be my. I mean, I don't speak for everyone, but I think unhappy is. Maybe disappointed, mm-hmm. but let me ask you this: What was your intent in writing the line? So my intent with writing the line was to try to, in a disarming way, make the point that the virus should not be a political issue, and it was not intended at the governor. Okay. So, so for example, the governor is saying Republicans are making this a political issue in Sussex County. And what I was kind of gently trying to say is, but Republicans, this is not a political issue. Yeah, but you see how it came across. Yeah, you didn't I... say it. If you wanted to say it, you should have just said it. Because what it looked like is, what it, what it looked like, and I'll tell you what, why people were confused. We'll call it confusion. Sure. We're disappointed, angry, outraged. Well, no, outrage, I think, <laughs> judging any outrage on the internet is it's not easy to do. Um, Carney makes the statement that it's political, that I think it's becoming political. And you're, what you would like to impart is that it shouldn't be political because it doesn't, doesn't really make sense. But, but you never, it's not clear that it was meant for, because, because Carney's actually right. Sure. And that's not stated. Like, it's not clear that what you believe or what you think the facts are. He's actually correct. It is political. People, a lot of people don't want to get it to, like, make, to own the libs or for liberty or just because. And so he's correct. Now, I don't know how, I don't know if that joke came across the way you intended it because it's not. not. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not clear. You don't, you know what I mean? Like it's not clear that you, if, if, that you wanted to go at sort of the reactionary, the political reaction to the, whether I mean it's all the same mass mandates, vaccine mandates, lockdown, all that stuff. <clears throat> well, I guess you could say that I was being weaselly because I was trying to insert an opinion without doing so, which is uh, no, I, I um, do, yes, I mean I do think you were being weaselly, but for the right reason because so, you, I think the idea that what the governor said is correct should be interrogated and discussed so just say what you think like i don't think i don't think you i don't think that i don't think that journalism means that you shouldn't say yeah and the the the, the governor has a point uh you know the majority of the people who you know turn up for these things or do this or say that seem to be all have a another political agenda which seems ridiculous since it's just a it's just a contagious disease that people can exhale out into the air. But well, you, you don't have to, you don't have to be cheeky. Do you know what I mean? 
this is a this is such a fascinating discussion, and I'm glad glad you brought it up because it's such a tough tough thing. And I'll I'll tell you why I think that I I agree that in some cases journalists instead of just saying plain facts kind of dance around them. Um, but I think, and this is a great, great time to discuss this because I think I've seen on, on Twitter and, and some of the other stuff from comments uh, you have made and other people. Um, I have a lot to say. Made, I have a lot to say yeah, on Twitter. That you have a different take on journalism than I do. So this is, this is going to be fun. Um, yes, I, I have a very different take. <laughs> um, I am really committed to the idea of objective journalism still. And I know that in some senses that's a fantasy because uh, the devil is in the framing. Um, but I think I have to respect my readers enough to let them come to their own conclusions about things and not be heavy-handed with how I think they should read it. Um, I think I need to... I think... Like, for example, the Delaware call makes no bones about, you know, having um, issues that it wants to address and, and opinions, really, about, about those issues. Yeah, but the, there's the stories place. we pick, the stories we pick and the way that we present them the way that you have, present an, have an agenda. Yeah. And, but and, here's the thing. I don't, I, I don't find that – well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah I ahead. don't find that bad. Um, I think there's a place for that. I just also think there's a place for – trying to play it as straight as possible so that people from a wide range of perspectives can hear. Um, so if I come in there um, with one side in Sussex County, um, people are very, very quickly going to shut it down. Whereas if I play it straight um, and I, I just really try to be fact-based, I think they appreciate that. I think so you're, 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 you're slow playing it for the home team. That would be. Yeah, it would be a. I a mean, you don't want to. You don't want to shock the system. Yeah, and I, I really do think that there is something extremely valuable in careful journalism that um, doesn't take sides. And I, 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 I would hasten to clarify. Um, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of what people call stenography, where you're just writing down he said, she said, and and in my values on my website. I very clearly don't want to fudge my reporting to make one side look just as right as the other, right? Um, but what I think you can do is prevent present facts without going into a lot of opinions. Um, so there are opinions that I'm sure about, um, and then there are opinions that I feel passionately about and I'm pretty sure about. And I want to steer clear of telling my readers this is the truth on a controversial topic. I may be convinced it's the truth, but I also know that I'm wrong sometimes. I also know that um, I have a agenda, a personal agenda, and that can cloud my judgment. And so, I think you've been you've been taught to beat you that don't, back. You, you you've been taught that that's actually clouding. You you think you think that that's not good. Well, and you, I mean, and you've been psychology. taught you've been ta you've been taught to suppress it for the reasons that you said. Well, human, I don't I don't think that that's wrong. I, I I mean I agree I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Human psychology, I think people people are clearly have been demonstrated that they are not rational. They pick what they believe and then they try to make the facts fit that. Um, now, 
we try, and I think we're, you know, we're more rational than the scientists say sometimes, but um, I think you have to go into it with some humility and realize that if you're not careful, what you think of as presenting simple facts can become um, presenting uh, what you want to believe. And it, it's super hard. I mean, it's to open to scrutiny. Line. I don't. Th yeah. I actually don't think it is because I, I, I feel like, and you are too. I, I, you know, especially, especially independent. So we're both sort of in the same boat mm -hmm. as, as far as being like. I mean, we're wide open for scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Say whatever you want. Like, there's no barrier. There's no, you know, I, I have editors and I edit stuff and we, we work a, a, as a team. But like, you know, we're open to it. So people can say whatever they want if they think. And they already think it. They already know that we have an agenda, and you have to take the stories that we tell with that, you know, understanding. Mm -hmm. Here's my issue with it. it. Goes a little bit deeper. There's a um, there's an interview from about 20 years ago. Uh, this guy on the BBC, uh, Andrew Marr, I think is his name, was interviewing Chomsky yeah, for the BBC organization. Um, Tell me how that works. Is the, you're not suggesting that um, proprietors phone one another up or that many journalists get their copies spiked, as we say? It's um, actually Orwell, <clears throat> you may recall, has an essay called Literary Censorship in England, which was supposed to be the introduction to Animal Farm, except that it never appeared, in which he points out, look, I'm writing about a totalitarian society, but in free democratic England, it's not all that different. And then he says, uh, uh, unpopular ideas can be silenced without any force. And then he, how, how? he gives, two, so he gives a two-sentence response, which is not very profound, but captures it. He says two reasons. First, the press is owned by wealthy men who have every interest in not having certain things appear. But second, the whole educational system from the beginning on through just ex gets you to understand that there are certain things you just don't say. Well, spelling these things out, that's perfectly correct. I mean, there, it's the first sentence is what we expand. This is, this is what I don't get, because it, it suggests that, I mean, I'm a judge, people like me are self-censoring. No, not right. self-censoring. Uh, there's a filtering system that starts in kindergarten and goes all the way through. Uh, and it it's not, doesn't work 100%, but it's pretty effective. Uh, it selects for obedience and subordination. Uh, and especially, I think that's... So, so, so stroppy people won't make it to positions of influence. Behavior problems or... You know, if you read uh, applications to a graduate school, you see that people will tell you he's not... Uh, doesn't get along too well with his colleagues. You, you know how to interpret those things. I, I, I'm just interested in this because <clears throat> I was brought up, like a lot of people, um, probably post-Watergate film and so on, to believe that journalism was a crusading uh, craft and that there were a lot of... Um, disputatious, stroppy, difficult people in journalism. And I have to say, I think I know some of them. Well, I know some of the best and best-known investigative reporters in the United States. I won't mention names, but I would, whose attitude toward the media is much more cynical than mine. In fact, <clears throat> they regard the media as a sham. And they know and they consciously talk about how they try to play it like a violin. If they see a little opening, they'll try to squeeze something in that ordinarily wouldn't make it through. Uh, and it's perfectly true that the majority, I'm, I'm sure you're speaking for the majority of journalists who are trained, have it driven into their heads, that this is a crusading a pre uh, profession, adversarial, we stand up against power, a very self-serving view. 
Uh, on the other hand, in my opinion, I hate to make a value judgment, but the better journalists, and in fact the ones who are often regarded as the best journalists, have quite a different picture, and I think a very realistic one. How, how, can, you, how can you know that I'm self-censoring? How can you I know that you're self-censoring? I'm sure you believe everything you're saying. But what I'm saying is if you believe something different, you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting. So we get journalists, so we get quote-unquote journalists uh, explaining the news and, and the things around us who all have the same, who are all so trying to suppress the same natural urge. And I don't think that that's healthy, but I think that that's um, how people are taught to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's true that if I didn't think that way, I wouldn't do it, you know, so I, I don't see it the same way, um, but it's a fascinating discussion for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to if if you had to. So let's go back to the original example. You have this quote from Carney. Yeah. Uh, about this COVID-related issue, I guess vaccines it was. And he says, you know, unfortunately, there's a big part of this that's, you know, political, and I don't, I, you know. That's just what it is. And so you, you knew what he was saying, and you knew that there was an audience, your audience, that needed to kind of, like, reckon with what he said. Mm -hmm. And because you didn't just come out and say it in some way, you could do it in a journal. You know, you could say, uh, yeah, you know, these are the numbers, and I talked to these people, and you could explain why you think this, you know, without just saying it. Mm -hmm. But you tried to make, like... A joke that only you understood <laughs> because it, instead of just saying like yeah i talked to 10 people in greenwood who you know eight of them haven't been vaccinated or eight of them and they, and i asked them what they think about how carney's handled covid and they say he's a communist and that would be that would and if you and if those people said that or you had other statistics or whatever it would make it pretty clear that carney was right and the problem is reactionary thinking so Hmm. So I, I see what you're saying there. It makes a lot of sense. Part of what I would say to that is that there are things that we know anecdotally. Um, I try to be a little more rigorous with what I'm putting in there. So, for example, there have not been any... On the face of it, I would say, oh, heck yes, Carney's right. Um, this is political in Sussex County, and it's straightforward, and there's really no reason to dispute that. But I haven't done surveys. I, you know, yeah. you're often surprised by the nuance of what people think when you actually dig into it. And it's fair enough. Like, I mean, people have been saying, you know, the the, and and I know a lot of people who haven't been vaccinated or they have these different kind of views, and it runs from, yeah, it runs from reactionary right wing, you know, maniacs, to like people like old hippies that have a libertarian streak. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different kind of. It's not. It's not a. It's not one thing. Uh, but but. You know, but there's more to say about it that I think isn't. It's not conjecture. You know, what I mean, it's not. It's not your. Uh, you know, it's not a anecdote. You it's, could you could go out and tell the story in a journalistic way without being like, oh, this is just all made up by me. Yeah, I probably should have. I mean, that would, have been still, more, that would have been more work, buddy. There's still time. Yeah, there's still time. <laughs> there's not, you know, there's, the clock's not running out. Yeah, I can write whatever I want now. So. Yeah, I just, um, I've had this conversation with tons of different people. Uh, I'm working on this um, 
it's just like a working group right now. It's like not it's not really anything. But there's a um, there's a philanthropy organization, a nonprofit called the Delaware Community Fund, mm-hmm. and one of the, the the folks there is the um, is the the wife. Uh, her husband's passed away, unfortunately, but he was a big deal at the News Journal. Uh, Levine, her name is uh, uh, Allison Levine. Oh yes. So she's pulling a bunch of area journalists together and trying to see if there's a project we can do together that would like get some funding and we could do like a side project but it's everybody it's like me and a guy who runs like a ham radio thing but it's also like phil and mike and delaware live and yeah all, it's everybody they're on a zoom call you know whatever so i've been having these conversations with people and you know what it comes down to is what's implied is that if we write a news story for the call or we put out an op-ed for the call that it doesn't have it, it's not it doesn't follow the journalistic standards that I was taught. Now, if you want to say that you have an audience and your audience actually expects pretty neutral, dry stuff as, as much as you can, I understand that. Yeah. That's fine. But to say that one there, – there's a there's – a, there's a, it, sometimes it's explicit, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's implicit that one is journalism and one is something else, and it's always mine is something else. You know, what we do is not like it doesn't have a standard or your agenda is too clear or et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the problem is if you run if you run a, a, you know, a punched up police report. Say, yeah, that's news. It's but is it like it's what the police said happened somewhere? That's all. That's all you're telling me. I mean, it just happened a couple of weeks ago. The cops told the news journal there was the shooting was a. Uh, was in uh, Ellesmere or whatever, and they found bullet casings up in, in uh, by Canby Park or whatever in Wilmington. The cops fucking lie. That's another IF Stone thing. He says all politicians lie, but everybody's <laughs> lying. Why is the why is a why is regurgitating a police report from the cops news? Because it meets the standard. And like me, you know, somebody somebody going a little, having a little more perspective on a news item, not like. That's I'm questioning the whole standard. Well, Rob, I, I, I mean, don't. They I, said police said, so that absolves all responsibility. <laughs> you know, I do understand this. I I just wish they could be clearer. I mean, you could still run those stories, but why doesn't the editor come in and say, "Look, this is how we get these incidents," but we've we've learned over time with Lamont Moses getting shot with. Uh, this shooting that just happened and the cops didn't tell them where, where it was or these little incidents that happened with the police, right, that we know, that we've proven it after, you know, we've looked into it and be like, oh, that's not what that happened actually. That we, that, that we should uh, look at these stories that we just regurgitate from the police with a, with a real critical eye. Well, but fun. nobody says that. Like nobody comes out and says what they're doing. Right? Aren't you supposed to be clear about what you're doing? Yeah, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, and I, I hate to be put in the position of def- defending Gannett or saying good things about Gannett. Um, I would hope you wouldn't. Yes. Um, they are, and I also want to differentiate here between the News Journal and Gannett. News Journal is owned by Gannett. I love the people in the News Journal newsroom, great people. I could sit here all day and tell you what I don't like about Gannett. And so that's... Um, Jerry, we love you. <laughs> yeah. So, but Gannett is actually, and the News Journal is part of this, trying to be better about that and um, really 
um, be honest with readers about, hey, this is coming from police perspective, and um, we're not going to just regurgitate that. Now, have you seen a lot of press releases come out in the, the news? Yes. Um, a lot of times that's the only info we've got. And I think you're right, though, that it should be framed as, this is what we're hearing. This is an incomplete story. This yeah. is... This is, we can't possibly verify this one way or the other. I mean, other. just this idea that, like, I mean, you know this. Everybody knows. Press releases fly around. You get one from this person, this person. Yeah. They want to, the Chamber of Commerce says this, the fucking this says that, the ACLU sending me this, smaller community groups and stuff, in, you know, in your little town. You know, you just pick out the ones you think are like, yeah, you know, the crimes. Yeah, you know, like you're picking that. Those are okay. That's that, that's a story, like the fact that there's you know that they're having this big lecture at a community center or, or that you just you know filed this huge complaint or whatever, like that's not a story. The the idea that one is just a story and one isn't is the problem. So I'm gonna get philosophical with you here. Oh Christ! No, yeah. no, I'll do it now. <laughs> so. It seems like where we're different on this, where our perspectives, one way our perspectives are different, is that I think that even though objectivity is impossible for a human, because of everything they're bringing into it, their background, everything, like you say, things we've taught as we grew up, that there is real value in shooting to be as objective as possible, and that makes a trustworthy product, a more trustworthy product that people can then say they're trying to be fair here. So I, I think that there's value in shooting for objectivity even if you can't ever get there. And it seems like you're saying it'd be more valuable to just own your opinion and go for it. Um. Well, I'll take it a step further. The, okay. the counterpoint would be that I should be held up to scrutiny. I... I shouldn't have to suppress my subjective thoughts. What I should do is try to tell you the truth. Yeah. And if I, if my facts look good and my argument looks good, and it, then over time you can decide whether you, you trust me or not. Rather than trying to suppress it and not tell you because there's a there's a um inherent in that suppression is a is something I find extremely untrustworthy, and you th and and in in your construction, it actually may, means you can trust me because I'm doing my best to give you just the neutral stuff. Yeah. And when I f see somebody do that, I know that they're, <laughs> I you know inherently that you're suppressing your feelings, yeah. so you know inherently, it's not it's not real, you're not being real. And when people aren't – like the idea that you can be not yourself and people are supposed to trust you because they trust like the journalistic standard, I don't think people – I don't think psychology works that way. Yeah. Actually. Well, it's interesting. The uh, Like the joke you brought up about the uh, um, virus not being political, part of that is me trying to insert just a little bit of personality in there and have a little bit of a sense of humor. And that's um, it's something I try to do um, – you know, it doesn't always work clearly. Um, but I but, think, what, but but it, when you explained it, it actually made perfect sense. But I think it came from like a a suppression. Like yeah. you're like, I want to say something here. I'm just going to make a clumsy joke, 
because again, but I think the 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 reason it didn't work was because it came from you trying to hide something, not from you trying to say something true. So I will I will slightly disagree with you there. I don't know. Maybe you would call it a big disagreement. I don't know. I'm I don't feel like it is. I think I don't know that I would frame that as suppression. I think that there's giving your opinion and then there's giving the kind of the what are undisputed facts of the case and i think that a lot of people aren't that interested in my opinion um so it's not necessarily that it's being not real it's that i'm i'm not going off on a personal tangent where my audience doesn't care well here's what i would say <clears throat> and maybe this is maybe this is the uh the one golden rule. You're the one running around, aggregating information, checking your facts, trying to write it in a clear way. Like, just doing that. Like, you don't think people care what you think? You're the only one fucking checking all this. <laughs> like, no one else is fucking doing it. Like, if if it, when you when you we were pitching this an hour ago, whatever. All I could think about was like old timey. Like you going in with your fedora and being like, "What's going on? Are they breaking the strike over here?" And like you being a, a like a real local newsman. Yeah. And like you can, if that, if you know that that person's like not, you can trust that person. You should, like, and you should care what that person thinks. I mean, it's weird to say that you don't think people would care what your opinion is, like. Maybe I don't know. Like I don't care what the the opinions. I don't care the with the way. Uh, I don't care for the way that Delaware Live and Milk for Live put out their thing. I don't trust them. So yeah, I don't care what they think. <laughs> but there are reporters who are reporters, who when I read their stuff, based on the perspective who they talk to and how they present it, I know I can trust them. And other people I don't. But it has nothing to do with them, like trying their best not to tell me. Yeah. It has well, to do with them doing their best to tell me. Like, I don't, I, I, th I, I think that there's a, um, I don't know, it's just a, like a, we just disagree on what people want, maybe, what that psychology mm -hmm. part of it is. Well, maybe, let me flip it a little bit. So, one Twitter policy that I have come to respect, even though it graded on me initially, I um, mean, was when, you know, company policies that say reporters cannot put their personal perspective on Twitter. Um, my take on that was, this is my Twitter account. Um, I, I'm allowed to have an opinion. I vote. Um, I, I didn't like it. It graded. I have come to see the wisdom in that, though, because I have seen, especially national reporters, um, who constantly get political and what it does is even though I know better there's this perception I can easily see where somebody who's suspicious of that person would get the perception that they are not going to give the time of day to my side when it comes to reporting that they are not going to be fair when it comes to looking at the facts because because they are slanted okay so I want people in that sense, to trust me that I am going to give their ideas a fair 
shot. And if, if I'm constantly talking about my political persuasions, I think they might not believe me. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. If, if you look overly partisan, yeah. like all the time, where, where to your point, you're not like, you're not even like considering what other, you know, things, what, you know, other possibilities say. Right. Uh, or other perspectives. But, but again, I guess I challenged somebody to do it. They couldn't do it. I was like, okay, so if I'm unfair, if, if, if the type of stuff that we do is unfair, like what was unfair? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the couple of things I got back were very weak. And so, like, I don't. Because, In your opinion, they were weak. Uh, they, I mean, well, I was, let, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. Um, I was, I was actually for, in one, I was proven right. And the other one was, I think, legitimate, but overall, I think it stands. I think that record of two, of two people doing yeah. that two, twice, it stands up. So I guess like, that's what I, and again, yeah, I, again, do, do I have a fucking bug up my ass about it? Yeah, I do. Because what, what, what that inherently says is the way you do it is unfair is perceived to be unfair. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking a lot about perspective or uh, perception here, not perspective. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just uh, trying to make it easy for people to believe that you could be fair on a story. Um, and yeah, I'm now I, I have my homework for the for tomorrow. I'll go out and try to find something unfair and, and call you on. <laughs> you know what? I actually take criticism pretty well. People don't believe that, but I do. I take it to heart. Oh, really? Because I'm, t- I'm but terrible. I take it, but I, I, I do not take criticism. But here's the difference. I take it from people. Like, if I know the person, whether they're a writer or a journalist or just a per- like a friend, whatever, comrades and friends, if I trust that person and I know that person's coming from a good place, I take it great. Yeah. I mean, I take it like great. I don't want to say great. I take it like I really think about it. It, it weighs on me, actually. But when somebody that I think is a fucking doofus says something <laughs> dumb, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. And so that's the way I deal with it because I have some people where I can, in a healthy way, like really consider it and take something on and ruminate about it and try to do some self-critique. But then other people say stuff and you're like, that's the fucking dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> like, I'm not getting fucking upset about that. Person's a fucking moron. I would love to have that personality. It. Yeah, I mean, it there's goes, a lot of fucking idiots out there. It goes to my to heart, them. man. Don't listen to them. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it it's is. Fucking dipshits. I need morons them. and the, the fucking internet is replete with morons and dipshits. Yes, uh, uh, hyper narcissist. Isn't that what the uh, founder uh, fu- of BuzzFeed called? Yeah, fucking borderline disorder. Fucking <laughs> everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's fucking stoned all the time. I mean, you can't trust anything. <laughs> Christ Almighty. <laughs> Well, let's do this. We'll, we'll cut the serious stuff talk now, and now we're going to dish about the news journal. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So I'll just tell you the funniest story, because now you can listen to it and still be funny to you. It doesn't matter. Um, Jeannie Kwan, who is, is now at the San, uh, uh, Kansas City Star. Love Jeannie. She's the best. She's actually she's not only a she wasn't only a, a a guest a few times but she's a she's a comrade and a friend. Um, had her on, 
um, about a story they did in Wilmington. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, I, I mean, it was about some development or some um, in Quaker in the in Quaker Hill. There was a apartment building that had fallen into disarray and they got sold off to a private firm. You know, so it looks something I can really sink my teeth into, and I'm going at Przicki, you know. And so at some point during the interview, and I, I even interviewed Jerry about the photos he took because I thought I was interested in how he approached taking a yeah. series of photographs. So it was like a cool thing. But somewhere in the conversation, I said, Mike Brzezicki, he doesn't care, but hates poor people. And so Carl, because he's a, he's a great producer and, and, a, and a creative person, he titled the fucking episode, Mike Brzezicki hates poor people. <laughs> But then it was like News Journal, Jeannie Kwan and Jerry Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Where so that they got have... so they got the shit rain down on them. And when I found out that like something that we could do, like shook up, like shook people up, I was so happy, <laughs> dude. I was just like, you got to be kidding. I think I'm like, I told as I was telling Carl on the phone, I was moonwalking, like literally through the studio. It was incredible. That's my best. I think that might be my best. Uh, my best news journal story. So we ever. can fairly say that your personality is a bit rabble rouser. Is that? Uh... I mean, that's finely tuned. I mean, I would say I think more than a rabble rouser. Yeah, I mean, definitely a shit stirrer. Yeah, what did, what did, uh, what did Reggie Jackson, uh, Pride Cheltenham, I think, a Philly guy, he always told people he was the straw that stirred the drink. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. Stirs up the drink. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. Um, well, you know what? I'll balance the story out because I have to, I have to give a, a shout out. I have seen, and I don't want to compliment necessarily Isabel Hughes, but I have seen her try more since I wrote a, th- a critique in the in the call about it. Now, what's going on with the Dover police is weird. Everybody knows what's happening there. It's a big feeder feeder system news feeder system but i i have seen her trying a little bit more like even in the claymont the knollwood claymont thing that she wrote i mean i I felt like she as you said she gave the other side a fair hearing i could see Mm -hmm. where she's stuck in some paragraphs to like i felt like oh she's appeasing me personally because she's putting that in there (laughs) but again in in that uh in that Claymont piece about Knollwood, and in a week later in the Dover piece, both had photos and descriptions of the playground with the needles or baggies spread out and the, the thing and the dirty playground. Like, it's so fucking cliche, dog. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, it's so, like, do people think, does that have to go into every story like that? Like, hey, here's the vacant lot in Dover where I found a baggie and some poop. Here's the vacant lot in Claymont where I found a needle and this. The kids can't play here anymore. I mean, did he, is there an al- can't we write an algorithm for that? Uh, people have tried. I will say if you're looking for um, news journal bashing, you won't find it with me. Um, you know, I, I appreciated people across that newsroom. Izzy, I love Izzy. She, uh, she really cares, um, you know. Uh, about what we have no idea. You may not buy that, but but Izzy really <laughs> cares and uh, tries to do a good job. And but um, again, let, let me let me just get, I, I believe that. And just as Chomsky said to Mar, I don't. I I believe that she believes she cares. She wouldn't be doing this if if it wasn't like that. I'm critiquing what 
these these stories that she does, I don't think I don't think she we care about the same thing. Actually, that's probably that's probably true. I, I like I like her work. I think she, you know, there's a tendency to there's a tendency to go after to think the worst of police. And I think she tries to give police a fair shake. And I think she also tries. You think you think the police don't get a fair shake? What in what world? In what world do the police not get a fair shake? Well, they they were up for quite a bit of um, negative coverage over the last couple. Negative? Of why though? What? Why was the? If the story is negative, then you get negative coverage. Right. Like if you no, if you're a a, let's say you're a county police officer. And you call other county police officers come into the city to uh, harass a sleeping person in their car and then wind up blowing him away. I mean, that's just a story. But somehow, like, the idea... It's just so funny that the idea that the police don't get a fair shake. But that's what I mean. Like, maybe we're not connecting on something like, you know, these cops, they really have to... Like, the whole... The fucking Speaker of the House of Delaware is a fucking cop. There's there's 20, I think there's like 20 ex-cops in the Delaware legislature. And for anybody, a, a journalist or anybody who reads the news or anybody who's fucking breathing, who don't think the cops get a fucking fair shake, I think is hmm. I think is is a is, 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 is a lunatic. That may be an oversimplification of what I, of what I was saying. I, I, um so, but, but, but uh, I would actually—it's—it's it's funny you say that though, because at the News Journal, as an insider at the News Journal, I can tell you that our perception was that police um, were not working with us. That um, that from their perspective, it was nothing but negative coverage of them, um, and that and that they were. Um, being persecuted by us and that they didn't want to work with us. Um, you know, I, I don't want to speak for our crime reporters. I know they, they have a, report, a rapport with uh, their sources on the police department. Oh, and by and the way, like I have no, like, Esteban Parra and I uh, had a had a, like a, an exchange once that was fucking hilarious. Um, Love Esteban. I, I, I do, too. Probably I see a trend. I, I, I think he does good work, too, but our, and, and I I said that. I, I respect that guy because I know he also has a lot of contacts in the community, as you said. Yeah. But we had a back and forth about the uh, about the, the union, the guild, and uh, he was just like, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't even talk to me or whatever. I was like, well, maybe your attitude that you're giving is the reason they didn't talk to you. But anyway, I, I I appreciate the people who do that work because I know they do have yeah. contacts. In I the just city. wanted to make it clear that I was not um, trying to undermine their relationship with police. I, I think what the point I was trying to make was that you perceive the news journal as being light on police. Police perceive us as us. I say us, even though I'm not there anymore. P- police perceive them as persecuting them. Um, I'm yeah, not... but but what there's but there's a there's like. Yeah, of course it's a perspective because it's self-serving. It's the, the the police have 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 sh- have shot and killed like four or five people in the last couple of years in Delaware, just like civilians, just fucking killed them. The idea, like that, we don't we don't when when they play basketball at the neighborhood, we're not covering it enough. 
is nonsense. The way this should be looked at, the perspective that is reality, is that the police are doing a job that everybody should be very suspicious of. And the fact, and they don't want to take responsibility for the shit that they do. And so in part of their public uh, persona has to be, you're, you're always your fucking, yeah, I mean, yeah, we killed these people, but fuck that. I mean, we're, we're doing the community center stuff. Like, the idea, that whole idea is what I'm talking about. Because who gives a shit what they think? They're fucking... The idea that the cops can say we only get bad press and anybody does anything but laugh in their fucking face means I don't trust what they're telling me to go back to the other thing. Because the, the cops have an agenda. This is why we talked about like transcribing the police reports. Yeah. So the idea that this... Who... Like, their perspective isn't another honest broker side that we have to cover fairly. We should be covering them unfairly. They, they have, the, they have the, the monopoly of, of violence. They can kill people at, at pretty much at will. I mean, we've seen it. Um, sometimes there's small uh, ramifications or consequences. Sometimes there's none. <clears throat> the idea that we're supposed to be, like, very fair with them I think is fucking stupid. <laughs> like they they we we allow them to kill people. We should be we should they should be under scrutiny. We shouldn't be their PR firm and say, "Oh, they're actually out in the community uh, trying to start a basketball game." Like that's not our problem. We're a press. We press. Yeah, I we mean, don't uh, have to be fair. Like there are you supposed to be fair? Like are you supposed to be fair to like? I mean, as long as you're being honest, like, you shouldn't lie about people. Like, you shouldn't tell a lie. Yeah. But if you're telling the truth, but it's not fair, who gives a shit? Well, yes, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I think you have to tell the truth, even if it makes somebody look bad. And I think police do, being in positions of responsibility and power, they come in for higher scrutiny. They should come in for higher scrutiny. And I agree with you that the media has often, well, failed to hold up that higher scrutiny. Um, but I think, too, there are, you know how things get online. Everybody picks a side and then they go 100%. There's no nuance. There are good cops. I believe that. I believe. And I believe there are yeah, but that's a, a, a here's, lot of good cops, I, Here's what I'll frankly. say about I, that. I think there are I, a lot of good cops. I, 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 I don't think that that matters. I, the fact that a particular individual should be, like, treated fairly and respected because he's a cop. It's the police, the police, the idea of police, what we allow them to do and how they do it, and for the reasons that they do it, are bad. The fact that some of them are are nice fellows and, and, and nice ladies, I, I don't think should come in, even come into it. I detect a certain libertarian streak here. Or uh, in what sense? What would you call that? And uh, I'm a little, I have a little bit of an anarchy sort of anarchist. A, sort maybe of a that's vibe. a better maybe that's a better term. No, I mean I mean we, I mean we can agree. We were talking about what they're the police as a as a entity have tons of rights that we don't have. Mm -hmm. They can roll in here. I mean, 
you were here when Lex covered the uh, the police up the, the prison uprising. They rolled into Smyrna with like they looked like a, a you know a, 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 a Central American country. They rolled in there like the El Salvadoran army. They had fucking all kinds of crazy equipment. So we we give them pretty much complete power over us to do any, anything they want. Now we can figure it out at the end or the way that they they have a lot of discretion about how they how they meet it out. Right? But like they have an agenda. They're doing a thing. That organization is doing something. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm so, not concerned <clears throat> with the fact that one guy likes to fish and this guy's that and um, this lady's nice. She tries to adjudicate this stuff. That's irrelevant to me. Like, I don't even, I don't care about that, really. Why should I? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I think, you, here's, here's my question. Defend, tell me why I should care. Well, I think you should care because there's a lot of nuance in life, and we tend to forget that. And um, I think... Well, here I'll, I'll venture timidly out on the limb of opinion. Dude, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I've been working like 90 minutes to get you to do this. I, you know, I'm glad. F I think police perform a valuable function, and I'm glad for, that they're there. Um, you know, do. Am I personally happy with everything? No. Um, and do I think they that we should criticize bad police? I absolutely do. Do I think, you know, that journalists should be willing to criticize the system um you know you're coming at this from a very you're saying police are fundamentally flawed in a way that i probably wouldn't um but i absolutely agree with you that um police as public servants and as people who we give power to have to be held to a higher standard and they have to be held accountable. I think that's perfectly legit. I I just, uh, you know, I think I, what would we do without them? I mean, I'll tell gonna... you. Here, huh, this okay. is All right. glad you told me this. So there's this, okay. I, I think there's an idea that, like, there's this vague notion that the cops protect us. And it's like, well, if this happened, what would you do? If your house was burgled or, you know, you get mugged. I've been mugged on the street. I, well, here's a good story. I got mugged on the street. Cops didn't do shit. Okay. I just I fought the guy. The guy. It's like a 14 year old kid and his buddy. But I thought his buddy was going to stab Nurse Susan, so I, I stopped fighting him. So it was actually it was uh, right in the park uh, near uh, uh, Carl spot. Have I told you that story, right? Yeah. And the, the cops didn't do anything. We just got we you know whatever. Like there's this idea that yeah they show up in an emergency. That's kind of what people think. Now, do we need that person who shows up during our emergency, health emergency, car accident, whatever? Do we need that person also to be the same person who's going to harass Lamar Moses and, and shoot them in the street? Not really. Like, the things that you appreciate cops for or, like, you can't understand how society would function without this function is actually not the function that the police are doing. The police are doing a, a, a different function than, like, than what you think they're doing. That's my, that's my stipulation. It's like, cause what, what do you, what do you stipulate that they're doing that we need to give them, uh, uh, army equipment? Well, 
I'm not a fan of police with army equipment. That was. But a... you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. When you said I, I appreciate police and I don't know what we would do without them, I, I'm thinking of all these situations that you're probably talking about, which people can do without being police at all, really. I mean, it seems like they're a deterrent, right? That would be my perception. Are that, they? That's well, I'm sure hoping. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think they stop anything. If well, I mean, they might stop a future, like you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't like they show up after something happens and they try to figure out what happened. Well, they let's. Don't uh, they don't stop anything. How about those times when, like, uh, you know, major city police, like the Boston police, went on strike and then crime went nuts wouldn't that seem to indicate that they are in fact i mean i could show you numbers where um the the uh the number of police and policing went down and stop and frisk happened and crime goes down like i i i i don't i I don't i don't uh i think you you've read i think you've read a lot of police press press releases (laughs) that's in Absolutely true. In your I've day. read a lot of all kinds of press releases, but yeah. quite a few police ones. Yeah, they're probably like remember what I.F. Stone said. They're probably all lies. Your accusations against me are true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I um, I do think it's important to have a conversation about like, what are the cops doing? Just for example, we were just talking about it. Like, that conversation never happens. It's like, well, they're performing some function, and these ancillary things, God, they're bad. And I wish we didn't have to have those, but they're, ans- they're actually, like, the main thing that they do. Folks, it's called a class analysis. And uh, I'm not going to get into it right now, but if you want to hear more about it, you should go to uh, patreon.com slash thehighlandsbunker, and you should sign up for maybe $5, 10 a month patronage. That would be really swell. But there's other there's two other uh, projects going on right now. DelawareCall.com has one perspective. We talked about it a lot. It's an agenda, but I feel like you should read it and decide whether uh, we're being straight with you. Uh, I feel like we're being uh, we're real. I don't even know if you're ready for how real we're being. <laughs> but I also think that um, the Delaware Independent uh, is going to do something cool. Um, I hope you guys go take a look at it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna link to it all in the show notes, and uh, yeah, Andrew, thanks for coming in. I I really appreciate you having me, and I appreciate your kind words. Um, I, you know, I would say it's very Southern Delaware focused. Uh, uh, we'd love to have Northern Delaware readers. I just don't want to claim that you're gonna find it interesting. Um, it's gonna be a lot of it's very Southern Delaware topics, but. Uh, you know, see what you think. You're gonna um, cover. Uh, you're gonna cover politics when this, when this, when the general assembly's back in session. Just, I mean, that that would be uh, relevant to you know the surrounding community that we talked about before. Probably not, unless it's local. Yeah. So yeah, Jesse yeah. Vanderwin, I think, is a local guy. Um, Let's see how you cover some of these fucking maniacs. I want to see how you cover them. Actually, I'm interested. Uh, Brian throw- Stevenson, who actually owns the Seaford Star. Um, yeah. Look. Senator throw- down there. Look. Throw throw the website some some money for a subscription. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get a newsletter. What a weekly newsletter. Weekly newsletter. Di- uh, stories most days, and then I combine them into a weekly newsletter with with some extras. Yeah, and I've I've been following it. You get uh, you get local news. You get it regularly. You should take a look at it. I think it's gonna be good. Anyway, as I said, thank you very much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Carl, great work as usual. Um, everyone left his best.